Hello, and welcome to the epic edition of the Other World's Podcast Experience. say that the northern stargate is under repairs, which means I must wait even longer. I suppose I have no choice. Something interesting did happen today at the station. The Technomages came through today. For me, they are the sole source of mystery and intrigue these days. At least the kind that I enjoy. I am always fascinated by these mysterious ones. I managed to work up the nerve to speak to one of them, who happened to be strolling alone on the promenade. I asked him if he would mind some company. He was gracious and said that he would not mind at all. He told me that most either fear them or shun them, seeing them as purveyors of nonsense or dangerous ideas. From what I've seen, most people seem to be in so much awe of them that they are intimidated. He was glad for the company, I think. He was a tall, thin, elegant man, and I could not place his accent. He said that the arcane knowledge of the old ones of long ago, who spawned the knowledge we have in the universe, is going away. That so many do not care about the arcane knowledge and the mysteries of life is disturbing. He spoke of many things, of things mundane and divine, of the dark things and the light, and of the way in between. I asked him how his order had acquired the great knowledge, and he explained how the human being is the physical center of the universe. We walk between the smallest known particle that makes up matter and the largest known heavenly bodies the galaxies, and how, because we sit in between these two ends, we are in the perfect position to explore and learn. We can manipulate energy, time, and matter in far more skillful ways than we do now if we are willing to listen and explore the secrets of the heavens. Finally, he mentioned briefly the starry laugh of heaven. Most wise people, I've noticed, do not speak of it often, nor lightly. 
most people believe it only to be a legend. He said it was both legend and truth. Of course, he did not have to convert me to this idea. All legends have truth. I told him that you were on the hunt for it. He smiled and seemed surprised. But I told him that you and your friends are of the old order of the Knights of the Northern Star. He said that they, though not privy to the deepest secrets of the universe, like the Technomages, are keepers of the old legends and myths, and that they are the elementary guardians of arcane knowledge of the universe. He seemed pleased to hear of your mission, and he said that your journey to find it, even if you do not find it, is just as important as finding it. I remember you had said something similar before you left. I was sad for his leaving, and wanted to know more. I think that I might have been an acolyte at the feet of a Technomage if I hadn't met you. As for the other matter, I haven't seen him in over three weeks, and I have not heard from him at all. The presence of the Technomages upon the ship seems to have kept him away, except when I was with the old mage on the promenade garden and he was watching us hidden in the shadows of thick grapevines. The mage seemed to sense his presence and warned him to be gone, giving him a baleful look. He scattered like a pest in sudden harsh light. I have not seen him since, but the techno-mages have passed on far away to a place in the universe that I know not what. They are guardians of all wisdom and sagacity among humankind. Without them, I fear to think of what things will eventually fall to. But perhaps I bore you with my thoughts. I was hurt to read that Christoph fouled your great mission from the beginning. When I told the mage of your trial, I remember he said this. Even failure to find the laugh, the great work is done. For even to search for it with a true heart, a spiritual transformation takes place within. He also said that the knights are their worthy successors. It made me happy to hear this. I long to hear more of your struggles and the mission. If it will not bother you too much, my love. Perhaps I can piece together wisdom from it while I wait here. Until I receive your next transmission, I await your coming. Dearest Magdalene. My dearest Magdalene, my heart is heavy whenever I hear of the passing of the Technomages from our part of the known universe. Perhaps one day there will be a way to commune with them, but, ah, it is a great loss only the Knights of the Northern Star will understand. 
Most, as you say, do not care to grasp the significance of this loss, or any spiritual loss whatever. They are too busy with their material lives. What a great sadness. The honored gentleman who kept your company was right to say that we knights are only the elementary protectors, the first guardians outside the gates of knowledge, barely understanding the kernels of truth in the legends and myths of the world we try to keep alive. It is a flickering flame in danger of going out. What can one do but strive mightily to keep it alive? That is one reason why my men and I have gone on the hunt for the laugh. Once we got going, we rode behind the tail of the bright star comet toward the first destination where we were to find a clue to our next port of call, the Blue Station. From there, we thought perhaps we'd arrive at the wrong place, but one of the men, keen of eye and ear, saw in an electrical storm created by the corona loops of the star in that system an image in blue and white light, a fleeting image of the laugh, it painted in grand auroras of green and blue, and within we saw a light map of the Trion star system, where our next station lay. We encountered Kristoff's minions, a small company of them, and a huge battle ensued as they tried to prevent us from leaving. My knights and I gained the upper hand on them. I do think now that they were sent as a diversion to slow us down. I captured one of the scoundrels and demanded of him where Kristoff was headed next and how he planned to try and foil us again. He wouldn't talk, but we found a detailed written plan on him of Kristoff's next move. It occurred to me as we left that station that the leaving of the Technomagus and the coming of those who would seize all knowledge from the universe is no accident. I believe they are behind the complex and brilliantly created entertainment complexes rising up. Get people into these places and distracted, and they don't realize that their birthright to the knowledge is slowly being stolen away. Then attack and destroy the guardians. Those like Kristoff want to steal the starry lath of heaven eventually, 
the very instrument that produces all that we see in the known universe. It is a blasphemy. I fear that they wish to extinguish it. May that never happen. I am glad he has been banished, and I thank the Technomage for keeping you under his protection for however short a time his visit was. Keep to your quarters, Magdalene, and do not go out at night hours or alone. It is too dangerous. These dark hands of the void are increasing in numbers. They sing seductive siren songs to lure people into their entertainment complexes, while their tongues speak of cold, dark, and twisted things. I am now on the luminous crystal station, that lighthouse, that wondrous place, like a great light unto itself in the darkness of space. The last lonely outpost before one gets to the local system. Still a long way out, but I am making my way back. I have had time to rest and repair my ship. It is a beautiful station, but in a lonely and dark part of the last ring of the spiral galactic arm. It makes me feel awed, contemplative, and sad. Only a little, but even still. It seems I stare from these viewports out into a thin band of stars, and then into the dark. In the far distance, I can see the faint, vast web of other galaxies, but they are so far away that they appear to be images out of dream. Like you, my love. I am coming, steadily. Love, R. Vaughn. Light in the Darkness, Stardate, October 1st, 3999, Station's Log Entry, Outmail, Send. Wraith, I went only to the station library this week, love, and only there. Mostly, I stayed home, as you advised. It was in the morning. I have lots of news, some marvelous and some not so marvelous. There was quite a hullabaloo at the station for a few days, I must say. Several large luxury space cruisers docked here at the beginning of the week. Everyone was wondering what the occasion was. While Valeria Station is not insignificant, it's no pleasure station either. I'd hardly noticed until I ventured out to the library. It was the ridiculous Starcrest Corps, the super-precious, ignorant cyborg community from the NASPAR system. They always seem so aloof and haughty, these ones. The new men, or the new race, as they say. Humanity is in even more trouble if this is so. There were more than a few fights that broke out on the station while they were here. Brawling follows these brutes wherever they go, and I'm none too impressed by the abilities they crow about. They seem to think they are superior to ordinary humans because of their enhancements. Why, just the other morning, as I was on my way to the library, I saw one of them in a row with one of the regular denizens of the station over something silly. The poor fellow probably didn't move out of his way fast enough 
shameful. How I detest them. The commander really should do something about these beastly people. As for the old librarian, he'd said that trouble began as soon as their ship docked. One young Crastuff had demanded as soon as he'd slithered down the walkway to speak to the commander of the station, because the station was old, decrepit, and poorly designed, as he put it, and that it wasn't up to his standards when he travels. The nerve! Of course, the commander himself never showed up, having better things to do, and sent a lieutenant instead, but he started a fight right there in the main corridor with the lieutenant, and had to be held down by several armed soldiers and dragged back to the cruiser. This is not to mention the lewd nonsense from some of them in the cantina from what the librarian told me. Thankfully, that particular brute was banned from Valeria Station indefinitely. Anyway, I told him that I wanted a book on the starry laugh of heaven, and any legend surrounding it. He had one old battered copy of the actual sacred book. He was surprised when I'd asked for it, I think. It nearly made the dear old man weep. He'd said that no one had checked it out in at least 30 years, and that the digital copies they keep had become corrupted. Mysteriously, he cannot get more copies in any form. He'd taken the book, hid it, and kept it well protected from others looking to steal it with dark motives. He told me that he'd also began making a handwritten copy of the book. I was happy to hear this. People had thought it lost, and he could have had it to himself in peace. But he said that he knew of you in your knighthood, and gladly lent it to me, for which I was greatly appreciative. It is so good to find familiar souls of light and love in this vast darkness of space we sail through. We were two bright candles in the dark together in that dusty library. I bid him be blessed, and he did me the same as I left and felt my soul fed a little bit. Again, I read the beginning of the book where it says, If you read this, then you exist. Words that began the wide world and the universe that hold it. I dreamed last night and saw you. You were leaving the lighthouse station on the edge of the Milky Way. Beyond as a tiny spark, I could see the first web wall of the universe, the first great work of the laugh from his hand. I feel like a light when I'm of a mood of dream, hope, and contentment in tune with the light of the universe. But there is the other, dark side of that woman's mood, when the edge of that vast night you stand on is really the edge of oblivion. The only string that holds us together is my love for you and yours for me, and the hope that you will return home safely. Please return, my love. My mood grows desolate suddenly. I shall read while you are away for comfort, but what comfort is there but love? And what is love if it is nothing of the flesh? I know that is short-sighted and foolish. I grow weary and talk wild. Forgive me, dearest Magdalene.